Welcome to First Things First, the weekly podcast where we talk about God, faith, and life in Shallow Water, Texas. Our podcast is a production of First Shallow Water, and you can find more information about our church by clicking on the link in the description of this episode. Thanks for joining us. Here's our pastor, Brad Miles. Well, folks, welcome to the First Things First podcast. Every week on the First Things First podcast, we invite amazing, interesting, incredible people to come in and we have a conversation with them. But the best thing about these amazing, interesting, incredible people is that they are part of our community. For the most part, they, they, they could be your neighbors. And so these are amazing people that you get to meet. And, uh, and so we've had an amazing experience with a lot of incredible people that we've been able to talk to. Today is no different. Uh, my friend Kyla Hamilton is here. Uh, she's been a member of our church for a while. I've uh, had a great time getting to know uh, Kyla and her family. Had an awesome time with your daughter on a mission trip to Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico. last year. Uh, she's just a sweetheart uh, and really enjoyed getting to know her. But I'm, gonna, I'm not going to try to... I'm going to let Kyla tell you about herself. Uh, Kyla, tell Podcast Land what they need to know. The essential Kyla Hamilton facts. The here. essential fact sheet. Yeah. So Kyla Hamilton, I'm yep. a Shallow Water native. Yep. Born here, grew up here. Um, okay. Cole and I actually met and started dating when I was 14. Oh, um, isn't that fun? I didn't realize that. It's fun. Yeah. Wow. So we, I guess you always know each other in sure. a small town, but our first kind of interaction was fourth and sixth grade student council. Wow. Um, we're on together. And then, you know, as small wow. town love stories go, the yeah. rest is, the rest is history. But That's so, cool. so we both grew up here and huh. we knew without a doubt, this is, home. This is where we wanted our, our children to be raised sure, and, and sure. grow our family and grow our business. And yeah, yeah. we've just kind of stuck around. So over our little journey, we've had four kids. They are 13, 11, nine and seven right now. Wow. Um, we've got a few birthdays coming up. So yeah. we're, we're in that real sweet pocket of time where like the oldest one is still like, we're still cool, right? As parents, okay. she, yes. she doesn't desire to flee from us yet. <laughs> she still wants to be with us. It's cool. And the youngest one is not a baby and we're kind of a self-sufficient functioning person. Oh, yeah. And so we're in a real sweet pocket That's parenting nice. wise. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just trying to hold on to that right. and savor that and keep it all in because apparently with teenage daughters, there comes a point where you are no longer cool mm-hmm. and, and, we're not there yet. So we're just riding that high tide. Yeah, sadly, that is true. Uh, <laughs> I, I can confess, you know, and, and so there's, you're right, there's this kind of neat period where there's no drama yet, yes. but you're also not having to work so hard to take care of everybody. Right. And, it, and it's kind of this, that the short amount of time that it lasts is really great. Yes. So, well, and it's like a different level of parental exhaustion, right? Yes. Like, you know, when yeah. they're little, you're just exhausted from yeah. all the things, but now it's just, it's, it's good. We're in a real good pocket. So, and God in his grace, right? He does that on purpose. He's, yes. he's letting you rest up. Just so for that, a little bit. So that when, you know, <laughs> over the next few years, you'll be ready for, for all the good all stuff. All the things there. to come. So, it yeah, really is yeah, good. Yeah, so great. they're great kids. Um, Cole grew up in a farm family and uh-huh. farms and always has. And yeah. so I got to marry into that and kind yeah. of fall in love with him and the farm life all at once. So that's what pays the bills around here is farming. We raise cattle and yeah. I tell everyone we raise cotton, corn, cattle, and kids. So <laughs> that's, that's it. So that's our, our story. So, okay. Tell, tell people 
maybe the maybe the five people listening to this podcast who okay. don't know, mm-hmm. right? Uh, tell them a little bit though about about your business, about Hamilton Farms, about what you guys do. Like, talk a little bit about that. Sure. So we've always farmed row crop raised cattle, and it's just amazing. It's it's an amazing opportunity. You have this this opportunity for stewardship that God graces you with, and that's all farming is is yeah, God's right. grace, yeah. right? You're at the mercy of his mercy and that you cannot control anything. That's right. And we wanted to share that with so many people. So we would kind of do a farmer's market or things and tell, and I realized pretty early on, like people don't want to listen to you talk about cows, right? Yeah. Like they're like, okay. <laughs> as lady. interesting yeah. as cows are. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's a, it's a deal, you know, but people don't want to. So we had this idea to kind of open up the farm and make it fun, do some agritourism. So yeah. we started that last year. Um, sunflower days in the summer and Christmas on the farm during yeah. the holiday time. And we just have people come out to the farm, see what we do, get to look. It's an actual working farm and get right. to do that and make some memories and, and support kind of local business while you're doing it. So yeah, it's a cool. new venture. It's something that we didn't necessarily foresee happening, you know, how those things happen, right. but it's so far has been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, so I don't even know if you know this story at all, but, uh, you know, Amy's sister passed away right when we, like my first day in the office, yes. she died from cancer. So, and her favorite flower was sunflowers. Like her house was decorated with sunflowers. That was, that's her favorite thing, you know? And so the first year that we were here, you know, and when you did sunflower days, like she and Sadie went out and did the sunflower days really, really beautiful moment for her you know thinking about her sister remembering her sister and just seeing the i mean all the sunflowers yes you know this vast expanse of them you know and uh it was just it was beautiful and it was meaningful and so good so that's what we're wanting to do is kind of make those lasting memories with people and just just give you a chance to come out and make your way on our farm so it's been fun so far good well all right so uh so you've got to tell me uh, how, okay, 14 years old, like how did that, so how did you guys transition into the dating relationship? What is that? Is that eighth grade? Is that when? Well, I was a freshman you in a high freshman. school. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, so freshman in high school. Yeah. And he, what happened? I well, need to hear this story. okay, here we go. So <laughs> we're out with friends and you know, you know each other, you know right. of each other, but yes. didn't really know. And kind of a mutual friend said, Hey, I think you ought to talk to Cole. And I did. And we sat in his car and listened to Alabama of (laughs) all the albums to woo a lady. This guy pulls out Alabama and that was it. I mean, really, I went home and I still have it in my journal that night. You know, I I met this boy and he's different and I'm going to marry him. Like I am going to marry him. And as small town, you know, there were frequent breakups and dramatic and, you know, it wasn't just, we met and fell in love and the rest is, just peachy because yeah. that's not realistic or life or the way anything works. But yeah. so that was the first night truly from the moment I met him, I knew he was special and I needed to do my part to hold yeah. on to him. So yeah, that's awesome. and if anybody doesn't know Cole, you just, you're missing out. No he doubt. is a great guy. Yeah, he Perfect really man. Is. So he, yeah, such a, uh, such a servant hearted guy. Yes. You know, he really is. So yes. I really enjoy hanging out with him and being around him. So my brother, and his wife, they were in eighth grade together. And and he, I mean, he, he, same kind of deal. He had known 
her since, you know, he was, you know, that they were both, I think he, he moved there maybe when he was uh, fifth or sixth grade or something, but he had, he had always liked Shannon. He liked, you know, and, and in eighth grade, they wanted to be boyfriend and girlfriend. His dad, her dad though, would not let her oh, no. date at all. <laughs> so, so she, they had to wait for her dad to say that it was okay. And when her dad finally said it was okay, then they started dating. They've only dated each other. They broke Aww. up, broke up like for like two weeks one summer because he went to church camp, you know, and and he and he thought, well, maybe I I should date other people, yeah, you know, explore. maybe you know, and uh, and he broke up with her and was miserable, like just <laughs> miserable, because he he tells the story. He says what happened was. Uh, he broke up with her and there was this other girl that he was kind of interested in or whatever. And I don't remember what happened. She somehow that other girl knew Shannon, you know, too, at who he had just broken up with. And she talked to Shannon about what kind of guy Keith was. And Shannon s- said, he's a really, really great guy. And if you have a chance to spend some time with him, you definitely should. And you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, even after he just broke it up with her, all and her sons heart are pointing right broken. back to her. And yeah. so that, like, that was all he needed. You know, he, he was already miserable and thinking he did the wrong thing. And then yes. when he heard that, he was like, what am I even doing right now? So dumb. Yeah. So yeah. he got back with her <laughs> and they dated all the way through, you know, college and got married Aww. and everything else. So yeah. I love a happy ending. Yeah. That's a good story. I, but when I, you know, when I hear like your story and his story, though, I'm just reminded of how unbelievably rare that is like most relate like i think back on the relationships that i had whenever i was in high school and they were dumpster fires right (laughs) they were just like they were not healthy at all and i'm so grateful that i that didn't you know so it's a rare and beautiful and special kind of a treasure when something like that happens it really is and that is 100 percent god yeah 100% I mean like he places people in your life when you need them and throughout those times I needed him my rock and just it's wonderful that's good okay so speaking of relationships let's talk about your relationship with the Lord so um when did you when did you really surrender your heart and your life to Christ what what did that process look like for you Uh, just kind of tell me your faith story who was involved in that talk about that okay so growing up, I um, was raised in a very kind of doctrine-based church. Yes. Um, my grandparents were pivotal. I mean, just monumentally important in that. They always took me. I was raised by my grandparents. Uh-huh. My granddad used to be a preacher and just... Cool. It was a... I mean, it was... We were there, right? Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday. It was our right. lifestyle. That's what we did. Yeah. And... I knew the word of God. Yeah. 100% that was taught and mm-hmm. taught well growing up. And yeah. I, I knew the word of God fully to a T. Right. So um, I knew for sure, 100%, I did not want to go to hell. Right. Right. Like <laughs> yes. that was my yeah. fear driven uh-huh. decision making thing. Like, yeah. I'm not sure what's happening, but I know I don't want to go to hell. Right. And and was taught that baptism is the way to salvation. Okay. So, All right. Okay, we're going Whatever to... Whatever it takes. Yes, that's yeah. what I need to do, right? Yeah. yeah. So December 19th, 1999, I was 14. This is literally weeks before I met Cole. So this okay. is you'd into that journey, right? Yeah. Like God's lining everything. You got to get your ducks in a row, you uh-huh. know, and then here comes your Prince Charming, right? Right, right. But, um, So it was an evening service and I... 
it had been kind of turning and new, but I, I went forward and was actually able to be baptized by my granddad oh, that same night cool. at our itty bitty little church. It was yeah. a very small congregation in Lubbock. And yeah. so that was my path to salvation, you know, right. that not a baptism. But after that, there, I, I knew God. I knew God's word. I knew him, but there wasn't much depth to it. Right. There wasn't that sincerity, that, that true relationship with yes. him. I just knew what his word said and the almost like check boxes, right? Yes. Like I'm supposed to do this you to get to heaven. To so it. I'm going to do that. Right? right. But there wasn't a true relationship, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and that went on. If you, you know, you, you pray and you journal and you study and you do all again, the check boxes of what you're supposed to do. And I was doing all of those things Yeah. and it was fine. Mainly I feel because I didn't know any better, right? Yes. Like I hadn't experienced the other part of this kind of, how did I come to salvation story? Right. Yeah. Um, and so I just went along with that and, and was, kind of on autopilot, right? Yes. Like I'm doing all the things. Um, yep. This is what your word says to do. And I'm doing that and doing it faithfully and we're good. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then in, um, well, I was 19. My dad got very sick, very quick. And he got sick in August with this rare, they didn't even know what it was, this rare disease, no treatment, certainly no cure. And it was very degenerative. He deteriorated. He got sick in August and he passed away in March. Wow. Um, is how fast it came on. Man. And so throughout that time, you know, sitting in the hospital with him and talking to him and you're so confused. You don't know. I mean, the doctors, right? They don't know what's going on. So they don't have a lot of news to share with you other than more bad news. Like, okay, yeah. now this is failing and now we have organ failure and we're doing, and it just, it was very trying and confusing and you didn't really know how to handle it. Right. right. You know, yeah. like, I don't know how to handle what I don't know because we don't know what's happening, but it isn't good. Mm-hmm. And then, um, March 3rd, 2005, he passed away. Wow. And so the night before it was my birthday, uh-huh. our dinner, and Gosh. we, we went to eat with him. And I remember, you know, I said, I love you, dad. And he said, I love you too. Happy birthday. Uh-huh. And then the next day he passed away. Wow. And in that moment, when I was at work and I got that call that, you know, he had been airlifted and, and that's the moment that I had a relationship. You just had, I had that overwhelming, can't even put words on it. Peace. That is only Jesus, right? right? Like yeah. anybody who's ever experienced that or felt that you just know that is Jesus. And uh-huh. so that moment as sad and, and in hindsight, his him passing away so quickly was a blessing, right? Like the, right. there's no way to live being that sick, but I didn't know how to deal with it. And it's like all of a sudden, like this wall came down inside of me and Jesus is like, I'm how you deal with that, right? right? Like you've yes. known me and we've been kind of like the acquaintance at school or right. work, like, oh, I know yeah. him, but yes. you don't know them. There's right. no depth. There's no, you know, kind of the onion metaphor, peeling it back. And all of a sudden at once in that moment, like here's Jesus. And Mm -hmm. it just overwhelmingly sunk in and never let go of that feeling. So that's kind of my, how did I come to know Jesus answer? Like officially December 19th, 1999, because that's what the boxes said for me to do. And that was not at all invalid, but there wasn't 
again, any depth to it. It was yeah. just kind of what you're supposed to do, but mm-hmm. to know him, like not know about him or know what his word says mm-hmm. was in that moment, 2005. Yeah. So there was a six year little lull in there where I, I did it. I knew him, but when you shift from just being saved to like on fire for the Lord, mm-hmm. man, that changes things. Well, and I just, th- I think there are a lot of folks, honestly, I think there are a lot of people who are checking the boxes, you sure. know, like you feel like, uh, because frankly, that's easier, right? Absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's, it's way easier to, if you just give me a list of things you want me mm-hmm. to do and I can make sure that I do those, that's yeah. easier than actually open myself up and making myself vulnerable for a relationship. Like that's a, yes. surrendering myself to God and having a relationship with God is much more complicated and much more difficult than just let me just make sure that I do these things. Sure. You know? Yes. And so we, so there's a lot of folks who are doing the things and, mm-hmm. and uh, from the outside, right. You look like, well, you've checked all the boxes you're doing right. good, good things. You're not doing the bad things. You've had these experiences, you know, so yeah, you must be doing it right. But boy, they're just not at all experiencing the fullness of what God yes. has for us, which is that deep and meaningful relationship, you know, that only comes when we're able to surrender ourselves to him. You know and it's I mean? so sad to look back and think, um, like, I almost felt like, goodness, I wasted so much time, like <laughs> not being fully, um, I don't even know, like involved, like, again, right, you're, you're engaged. praying and you're, you're journaling and like all the things, but when that, yeah, I mean, just whatever your life stage happens when that level of depth is opened up and it's, mm. Like you said, it's internal. It's yeah. it's not like oh he was standoffish and you know right. I could it was one hundred percent me. Yeah, like for yeah. whatever reason my guard was up and like this right. was good enough in that moment. Mm-hmm. And then when you're just kind of at your most vulnerable and confused and you open up and just say I I can't deal with this and he says oh good, good. I've been waiting for you. <laughs> I know you can't deal yeah, with this. It's yes. kind of by design. I'm right here waiting to right. get you through this. Like yeah. we will do this together. So That's so good. Yeah. I, I think, you know, too, sometimes we're just not capable of it, right? Like when you're, when you're younger, you know, you understand relationships in a, in a m- much more concrete way. Cause that's how our brains work. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just more concrete and we think about, and, and usually when we're younger and you know, this with kids too, right? we we think about relationships. Uh, the basis for the relationships is like, what, what how do they benefit me? Yeah, right? what can so I get out of this? Yeah, so you're, and it's not bad. That's just how kids are, right? The right. world kind of orbits around them. That's the way their minds work. And and uh, and when you ask a kid, you know, what do you love most about mommy? It's like, well, she makes dinner for me. She, mm-hmm. did, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You know, it's all kind of revolves around me. Uh, but as you get older, you're more capable of having those kind of rich, real relationships yes. because you you begin to be able to, you know, to see beyond your yourself, you know. Mm-hmm. And often a lot of people's story is similar to yours in that it's uh, a moment of real pain or struggle or even tragedy that brings them to the point where like, look, you know, checking the boxes does not give me any answers at mm-hmm. all. And, uh, and I've got to fall into something, you know, greater if I'm going to, if I'm going to make, make absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You get to that point where you just certainly left up to my own devices. Like we talked about dumpster fire earlier. Yeah. Like that's how I would have handled adversity on right. my own. Like I know nothing. I yes. know I am, I am not equipped to deal with this. Yeah. And then, you know, you just surrender and it's like, 
I don't have to. And what a waste of all these things I tried to do on my own. Like, man, you know, I kind of shortchanged God's plan a little bit because I was resisting and and fighting it, you know? So, so if there, there may be somebody who's listening, who, um, who, when you look at your life, like that, you're checking the boxes, you know, the, Baptism, check, you know, uh, doing good things, check, you know, going to church regularly, check, you know, reading my Bible, check, you know, so you're, you're keep you're checking all the lists, but, but there's not been this, that moment of, uh, of really surrendering to God and really, and really, uh, leaning into deep relationship with God. And so Kyle and I want to really encourage you that, uh, that that's a whole other level. And that's what it means to be a Christian, yes. to have this deep and abiding and this rich relationship with God and it centers around our ability to uh, our, our desire to just surrender ourselves to him you know and, yes. and and give our lives over to to him so uh so we want to encourage you with that I think that's a I think that'd be an important kind of place to start so talk about though so your dad passes away and look the loss of a parent is kind of foundational foundation foundation shaking you know that's mm-hmm. one of those things that it doesn't matter when it happens in your life. Like right. it's really, but you were all, already at this, a real pivotal time in your life when you're changing and transforming anyway. So talk about maybe if you could, you may not <laughs> talk about those years, like, right. You know, where you're after your dad passed away, those, those moments right after that, like how did the Lord kind of help you pick up the pieces there and for yourself, for your family and kind of navigate. Sure. That time? So, I mean, it sounds almost even cliche, like clarity comes in, like you really hone in on what matters and what doesn't. Right. And then the old, like life is short. Like he was, he was 44. Right. He was not like, you know, an elderly, but not that it's any less sad to lose your parent when they're elderly, but you, it's part of living, right? Death is part of living. So you you expect, you know, when I lost my grandparents, they were in their mid eighties, like this is coming and you know, you know, but it just... For it to be so sudden and so expected, it really puts things in clarity and perspective. And also it kind of shaped me up like, girl, you got to get, you got to get things in order, right? Right. This whole like dealing around and like I'm in college and I'm just going to kind of fiddle and like there, there's life to be lived and you, and you have to do this. And then having kind of this new partner with me, Jesus, you know, like Uh he'd always been there, but like having him with me, like. Oh, we can do such amazing things if we just kind of get through it and do this. So, yeah. um, of course, you know, there's, you're just, you're kind of in a whirlwind when yeah. something like that in your life happens and it can be anything. And it, it has, it was the first time it had happened to me. It certainly was not the last sure. because life, you know, That's a lot happens. of times doesn't just hit you once, you yeah. know, I mean, it keeps, but when you're equipped to deal with that and you are, when you have that relationship with Jesus, then right it doesn't seem like quite of, of, it doesn't knock you off your balance quite as much. Yeah. You, you know that this is happening and you, you more so, you know, you're going to be fine. Yes. Right. Like right. I'm going to be okay because I have the power of Jesus now mm-hmm. to help me get through this. I don't have to do this alone or figure out what to do. Like you just stop and listen yeah. and, 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 and it just kind of makes its way. So that was me like this, kind of carefree college <laughs> living, like, woo, you know, we're just doing all the things like, okay, now you've got to yeah. settle down and focus and prioritize what, what matters and what's important. So mm-hmm. 
that was kind of the the main shift for me after after that happened is yeah okay prioritize yeah yeah I that I I remember talking to my niece so that I mean their mom was fifty when she passed away so uh, Melanie you know was kind of the, their world she kind of held everything together mm-hmm. you know she was the you know she was the person that kind of made everything work and move, you know? And so, um, so, you know, whenever we knew we were down there, we, we had gone, we had gone down just to take some Christmas presents and some casseroles that we had made. Cause Melanie had, had been, you know, she'd been sick. The cancer was in her bones, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so we were taking them down because she's not, not doing, not feeling really great. But like right before we went down, uh, she had started like, uh, the, the, the cancer crossed that blood bone barrier. And so it was in the lining around her brain and we didn't know all this, but she had to go to the emergency room cause she would just kind of stop, stop making sense. Like her mm-hmm. words were just kind of, so, uh, so we didn't realize it, but when we went down there, it was like, you know, December the 10th or whatever. We, I mean, we didn't come home until, you know, her funeral, which is my wife lived there for a month you know, yeah. uh, taking care of that family. And anyway, so we, I remember having a conversation with Brianna, her oldest daughter, and she said, uncle Brad, I'm afraid of what's going to happen to my faith. You know, I'm afraid that my, I'll lose my faith if my mom dies, you know, cause they're praying for her healing like they should, right. you know, they do. Uh, and she's like, I'm really afraid of, of what'll happen. And, uh, and I remember I, I told her, this is just kind of a Holy spirit kind of moment, but I told her, I said, I said, Brianna, your, your faith is not this fragile thing that the mm-hmm. devil can just come along and kick over. You know, that yeah. <laughs> when, when you're rooted and established in Jesus, you know, uh, you're, you, you have, you have strength and stability and security. And, 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 and I know that you have that, right? I know that you, I know that that is true of you. And so I'm not saying that this is going to be easy. And that you're going to be able to just, whatever happens, you know, I'm, I'm not saying it's going to be easy for you to walk through, but what I can guarantee you is that your faith on the other side of this is going to be stronger because you know Jesus yes. and he's not going to let you go. No. And, and, no, <clears throat> and, and Satan can't just come and, and, you know, a- accidentally knock over your faith. That's not, you yes. know, it's so anyway, that's kind of, that's the way it has been for them, watching them kind of navigate that same season. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and when you're going through something, so another, like our son was born incredibly sick. The yeah. moment he was born, he, they just knew immediately, like something is terribly wrong. Right. And so we had about a three day period in there. He's in the NICU and you know, you can't really see him and just, they didn't know what was wrong. And it was spinal taps and all these horrible procedures. Wow. And we just didn't know. And I remember talking to my grandpa in the hospital and I, you're a wreck, right? Like you've just had a baby. So yes. your body is all, and then you don't know. And I had these two girls at home that were, why can't we come see, you know, right. and it just, it was peak. And so I was just, I was scared mm-hmm. it's, and, and we had been praying and we knew, but you're terrified, right? Yeah, like yeah. your son I mean, they're telling you like, well, listen, we don't, nothing we're doing is working. We don't know what's wrong. Right. We don't know how to fix it. And just kind of left it at that. And we're like, what do you even do with that information? So I was kind of yeah. having a breakdown there in the hospital. And my granddad looked at me and he, he just very, he's an ex-Marine and just very, yeah. you know, and just very, he said, 
well, what's the worst that could happen? And of course, I just lost, like, why would you even say that? But his point was, worst case scenario for you is that he gets to go be with Jesus. Right. That's the goal. That's the end goal. And even hearing that kind of as harsh as that sounded to me then, I understood what he was saying. Sure. I knew, and had I not had that rooted faith in Jesus, like I, mm. I could have very easily turned that into anger or yes. or fear or, you know, I mean, you, you still have all of those emotions, but to know it's still going to be fine, right? right? But that was just his unwavering, like, what's the worst thing that could happen? Like, yeah well, gosh, I don't know, you know, and start rattling off all these things and then realize what he's trying to say is this is not even in your control, mm-hmm. right? Like you have to surrender to God and know that his plan is perfect and pure and good and you're going to be fine with it no matter what. And yeah, yeah. he was fine. They figured he had pneumonia and they treated it and all, you know, but it was yeah. just kind of that scary, unwavering time. But I'll never forget my granddad, like what's the worst that could happen? Yeah, And I'm like, you know, as a new mom, you're, you're just so hormonal and all the things. And oh just you're like, it was, you know, not a very delicate thing to have yeah. said <laughs> in that moment. And I'm having a breakdown. But I just, for somebody who has that, I guess, him having that confidence that my relationship was with Christ was so solid that mm-hmm. he could say that. Sure. And it be received and know, because he had instilled that faith in right. me. You're going to be fine. And this situation is going to be fine. Even if it doesn't turn out the way you want it to, it's going to be fine because you're equipped to handle whatever it is the Lord decides to do here. Yeah. yeah. And so in those moments, you just, you don't want to live through the scary things, right? You don't want it to be sad and awful and lonely, but you know, kind of like you said, like your faith on the other side of this is not only still there, it's stronger. It it makes you lean on him even more. So Mm -hmm. It's so important to have that and not not let those world life experiences that are just downright mean yes. force your brain to think that your truth that you know is no longer true. Like, no, it is. Yeah. It just, there's just a little little hump in the road yeah. to get over there back to it. So yeah. it's not easy, but it is It is what it is. It's there and, and never ending. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, you know, I think a lot about, as a pastor, you know, one of the privileges of being a pastor is that you're, you're with people in moments of crisis, you know, like in the, at the worst moments of their life, Mm -hmm. you're, you're with them. And I love that. I I mean, well, love is not the right word, but I I am honored to have the privilege and responsibility to do that. And, um, but sometimes, you know, uh, sometimes you, you think a couple of things like, well, cause, and I get this, these questions all the time. Like why, why would the Lord allow this to happen? Or why is God doing this to me or whatever else? And, and sometimes I have to remind people, well, you know, uh, I don't, I just, I don't believe God wants for those kinds of things to happen to us any more than we do. Like his heart breaks the same way ours does. This world that we live in, you know, uh, is, is not working the way he designed it to work, the way he created it to work, right? right? Sin and death and all that entered into into entered into the world because of our rebellion, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and so that exists, and death exists in the world. But God, in His mercy and in, and in His power, is redeeming all of it. Like He's gonna He's gonna restore everything to right relationship with Himself. And so, yeah, we have to go through these hard moments. But God didn't do them, right? You know, we yes. have a there's a very real enemy that's at work in this world, and death is real. And you know, but the, but ultimately. 
ultimately, even that final thing, right, death, that you, you feel like there's, that's it, you know, that's the final thing. Even that final thing, because of Christ Jesus, has been defeated as well. Mm-hmm. And, so, and, so, and so we have victory over that. So I, I, remember, uh, I remember telling Brianna, again, we were actually sitting next to her at her mom's bedside, you know, uh, hours before she passed. You know, she was having, Brianna was having a really hard time. And I remember telling her that, you know, we just to make a really long story very short, your ultimate healing, like God's purpose for us in creation was that we would walk in unbroken communion with him. That's what he created human beings to do. That's mm-hmm. what we were created to do, to walk in unbroken communion for him. And in the beginning, that's what we did, mm-hmm. right? But, but you know, our, our sin has made that, you know, where it's, we can't do that right now. We can't walk in, even our closest communion with him is not perfect. Right. But one day. It will be. We'll be ultimately healed and we're going to walk in unbroken communion with him. And I just, I told her, I was like, if, if your mom passes from this earth, right, she will immediately enter into unbroken communion with God and she will be perfect, fully, and finally healed. And so we'll still be sad because we'll miss her. Sure. You know, but, but healing is coming for her and it's coming for me and it's coming for you. Healing and life is coming for all of us. My grandparents, they, they both passed away in 2019. My grandmother on Mother's Day, um, that year and my granddad, um, October, Uh just a few months later. And so my grandmother passed away and of course it was, she was, she was my rock, my place. I mean, just man, you know, that was a blow that took, but, but we have my grandpa still. And so you really hone in, right? Like I got to cherish this time that I have. Like we, he was staying with a cousin of mine. He was not in great health and he was kind of fading. And so on hospice care even, but I would sit at my cousin's house with him, just the three of us every day. And Uh we were, it's how it was growing up, right? It was my grandparents and, and Kelly and I. And so we would sit and listen and we watched Harry Potter of all the things like <laughs> he was so into it there at the end, but we were sitting on the porch and I remember asking him, you could tell, I mean, you just, it right. was getting close, right? Yeah. Like he was, and I he was asked tired. him, yes. Yeah. And he, his heart was just broken. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, he just lost my grandmother and I remember asking him like, what, what do you need? You yes. know, like what, what do you need for us? And he just looked and just so matter of fact and said, I've been waiting for this my whole life. Oh, man. And just so almost excited of the potential to have that, like, yeah. I'm not going to be sick anymore. This is not what is meant for me. You know, the yes. old hymn, This World Is Not My Home. Right, you know, he right, started right. singing that and just, uh-huh. and it was so reassuring in that moment that I, I pray constantly that God will give me that confidence in my faith. Wow. Like, yeah. just to know, like, he was, I mean, almost like a, pep rally a little I've been waiting for this my home like it's game day you know like I have been prepping and praying and here we are like I'm here I'm about to cross that finish line and Mm -hmm. he was just so inspiring to have that to know like you are not going to live much longer and he he didn't I mean this was a matter of days but just so like I said just matter of fact and I've been waiting for this my whole life and so I try and take that and give that to our kids yeah that fired up spirit of knowing like it may be 
decades, right, before you get to meet Jesus. But y'all, we get to meet Jesus. Like you need to really (laughs) say that and soak that in. And like we get to do that. Uh I mean, their lives right now are are in I mean, they're they're trials. They're important to them, right? Big tests, big things, friend drama. That's important. But it doesn't matter, right? right? You know, I can't tell them that at their mom. You right. know, I listen yeah, yeah. like I get it. Oh, this so is a huge you. deal yeah, that your yeah. red shirt is in the washer, yeah. not the dryer. You know, I get it. Like life is going to end here, but to just really like push out those trivial things that that are important to them, I, uh-huh. I empathize with that. But just really hone in on that. Like we get to meet Jesus. Yeah. I mean, yeah, literally. I used to tell them getting out of the car in the morning or anytime we part, remember your 10 fingers. And mm-hmm. that's Philippians 4.13. I can yeah. do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It was uh-huh. kind of an easy verse for them yep. to remember growing up and train and and honestly just applicable to literally everything. Yes. Um, right. But And now I've told them, and we get to meet Jesus. You know, yeah. remember your 10 fingers and we get to meet Jesus with uh-huh. like that hope and pride that they... I don't know, whatever trials their day is going to bring, that they will just have that fired up spirit Mm -hmm. from my grandpa that he gave to me. Like, I've been training for this my whole life, you know? And so so it is. So even in those darkest, just awful, you don't want to go through that. You don't, Mm -hmm. I don't, I didn't want to lose them, but for him to just be so grounded and pure and, and rooted and then pass that to me, like, that's just Jesus that work there. Yeah, you know, I mean, just there's no other way to get through something like that gracefully mm-hmm. without the grace of Jesus. Yeah, so, I totally agree. I try to I try to tell people this, but it's really hard to it's. I understand that it's hard for people who don't know Christ to understand this. But yes. everything around us in this world is dying. Everything, mm-hmm. right? I mean, as soon as we're born, right, we begin the process of dying. Everything around us. But for those of us who are in Christ, instead of every day, we're dying a little more, right? Those of us who are in Christ, every day, we're becoming more and more alive. Mm-hmm. Every day, a little bit more of this of this world, right, is being shaken off of us. And every day, every day, we are leaning more and more into life. And one day, we're going to be able to shake off all of the remnants, you know, uh, all of those things that have held us back, all those things that have veiled the face of God from us, and um, and we will be fully, fully alive. Yes. you know. And I think that's a that's a good thing. Also, you said that Philippi that Philippians passage. It's one of my favorite in the Bible, but it's also one that we, you know. Uh, that we sometimes completely get wrong. And the way you're using it with your kids is exactly right. And so I just want (laughs) to, because right before that, Paul is talking about, he's talking about, uh, I know how to live when I have nothing. I know how to live when I have plenty. I know what it means to go through sorrow and hurt and persecution. I've been through it all, but here's the thing. I can do all things Mm -hmm. through Christ who strengthens me. There is nothing that today is going to throw at me that I can't handle because of Christ Jesus. Yes. And so I'm ready. I'm ready for I'm ready what for whatever the the obstacles are, what even whatever the grief, sorrow, pain, mm-hmm. I'm ready for it all because because of Christ Jesus, I can handle it. Right. When I tell them to flip that too, like the joy of your day. Yeah. That's the Lord. Like that's don't right. just focus on the oh, the trials and the grievances yeah, that yeah, you've had. Yeah. They're gonna be there and that's that's fine. That's mm-hmm. part of it. You can get through that. Every good thing that happens to you today, too, yeah, like that is God. through Christ. Right. So you've got to just 
hold that in. So there is nothing, nothing that this world can throw at me that will overcome me. Yes, right? because of the power of Christ living in me. That's right. And uh, and that's what that's what Paul is talking about. This that's a really good thing for our kids to remember. You know, because you get out of the car going to school, you know, and sometimes you're, you know, worried about this thing that might happen or about this person, you know, or whatever else, you know, and, uh, and it's easy to get discouraged or anxious or whatever else, mm -hmm. but to remember, Hey, you know, got the, the power of the living God lives in you and you've got this, Yeah, you know, when it's just as much for me as it, yeah, I mean, that's I remind it's scary to yeah. send your kids off to, oh, man. and as they get older, there's more, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, Clara last night on a bus coming home from Tulia from volleyball, which is great. And they did so yeah. good and yay. But like my mama heart is just <laughs> crinkle. I mean, you just, you think of all the things that yes. could, right. And yeah. like, you're not even there to protect her, which is your whole job as right. a mom. And then you just, she's not yours. Right. Right. Like he just lent her to you for a little bit and yeah, you're doing yeah. okay. But like, he's got her. Yeah. He's got her. And so it's for me too. Like yeah. I can get through the long bus ride home, you know, of her being in someone else's care. Like you can do this. So uh, that's yeah. funny. I, the, can I just, you, we know too how hard that is. And, and look for me, for me, you know, it's hard, right? Cause mm -hmm. my, but for Amy, I mean, you moms, like it's a big, because you know, that's Amy, you know, I didn't, as much as I love my kids, I didn't carry them around in my body for nine months. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like there's a, a different level of nurture and concern that you, that moms have, yeah. you know? And, uh, and yeah, you're right. Every road trip, you know, cause Sadie's on the steppers bus yes. driving to the football games, yes. you know, and, and you know, Amy's checking, find my iPhone, uh -huh. you know, where are they now? How fast is that vehicle going? You know? Yeah. So it is, but you just, you, you just, like with everything else, you, like we talked about before, it's surrendering. Like yeah. I surrender that to you. Mm -hmm. And honestly, me sitting here worrying about it isn't going to change the outcome either way. So you might sure. as well just have a little bit of peace yeah. along the road. That's right. So, yeah. And because we know who God is, right? Because we know God's character and we know God is good, then, then we can, right? We can, you know. We, we can find peace in those moments because mm -hmm. God is in control and he's good. And we know that even mm -hmm. when we, we, our circumstances make us question that, right? Even when we might be going th through something, we're like, man, it doesn't feel right now like God is good. But what we I've tasted and seen of God all my life up to this point is that he is good. Mm -hmm. So uh, when you, when you said, when you talked about what your granddad said to you, you know, he's like, what's the worst that could happen? You know, <laughs> that's a, how eloquent. Yeah, I mean, there's probably better ways to say that. Yes, I'm just going to throw that out yes. there. So thankful that he was there with you, but yeah, and thankful for that truth, but maybe a different way would have landed. Literally better. any other way yeah. to phrase that would have been better. <laughs> but uh, but what he's, what it, one of the things he's saying to you is like, I mean, is God good? Yeah. Well, yes, he's good. I mean, you know he's good, right? Mm -hmm. You've seen his goodness over and over and all these tiny moments in your life, you know, he's good. So in this moment, when it feels like you're wondering, can I trust God? Is God good? You already know the answer to that. Yes. You know, my grandmother would always tell me like, God is good. Life is not. Yes. And that's the difference. Yeah. Right. right? Like his goodness doesn't change. Life mm -hmm. changes and life is, is not good mm -hmm. sometimes, Yeah. but that's life. That has nothing. That's not God. Right. God is still good right on the other side. So and because of his goodness, we don't have to worry. Like we don't, whatever life throws at us 
is does not overcome us. You know, yes. and that's the beauty of the man. Yeah, that's good. It's good to have good godly grandparents, isn't it? I'm telling you, <laughs> I yes, I just you are who you are because of those people in your life. You know, for me, yeah. it was my grandparents. For somebody else, it may just be a passerby. You know, like yeah. whoever that just monumental figure in your coming to Christ is like, mm-hmm. oh, you can't discount that. Yeah. I mean, that just, it makes you, it yeah. shapes you, it molds you. So totally. hopefully one day I can be that for somebody else, yes. right? You know, like that's the goal. Like Absolutely. you don't just take it and that's where the story ends. Like you take that knowledge and you, you share it and you proclaim it and mm-hmm. you just, I mean, when you meet someone that is just that so grounded in their faith and, and you want a part of that, right? Yes. Like it is appealing. Like, how are you so put together? Right. Right. You know, like what is your deal? <laughs> yeah. We are in crisis mode, you right, know, and right. I kind of, my hair gets on fire sometimes and I just blah, you yeah. know, and like, well, oh, the sky's falling, you know, and then just Cole is very much that way. He's very calm right. and, and He's very, yes. Yeah. And just an oak and just solid. And mm. it is, 100% that faith. And so I just, I, I know that in my heart, right? Sure. But I don't, sometimes that's not my first reaction. My first reaction is <laughs> chaos, you yeah, know? Yeah. And so in talking about those times when he's really growing and stretching us, like, uh-huh. is there a more stretching time than raising children? I mean, oh I don't know. Gosh. That's the stage so. we've been in now, but like, it's big time, right? Yeah. When they're babies, like I can care for them and, and, you know, you do the right thing, but there weren't like life altering decisions to be made. Yeah. But moving into this season of like, it's, it's Mm -hmm. big time decisions are being made. And I know it will only get more serious as they get older. Like that for me has been the biggest stretch of faith that God has had (sighs) to just realize like these children aren't even yours. Right. He lent them to you. It's yep. a it's a gift, and they they are yours, but mm-hmm. just for a little time on this earth. So to yeah. have that level of trust with Him on all those things, like He has this, yeah. and you have to trust in that. But Cole is is very good in those situations <laughs> to remind me, like, hey, maybe tone down a notch or two, yeah, and yeah. and focus back on God's faith and promises. So I, I like how you said life altering decisions are being made. And you're not the one making them. Like yes. They're making them. Yes. And and very rarely do they align with the one that I would have made, right? Like, <laughs> oh my, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, just so, yeah. I mean, we've definitely been, because, you know, now I've got my oldest daughter's getting married this summer, yes. right? She's engaged. And so, uh, and so, man, you know, I think I, t- I tell people all the time, it's literally traumatic. Mm-hmm. Like the the process of, Raising your child and then letting them go, mm-hmm. like releasing them to become all that God's created them to become, you know, uh, is traumatic, you know, and it's good. It's beautiful, right? It's, it, you know, it's wonderful and exciting, but it's also really painful. And there are all these things to celebrate, but there's all these things to mourn and to grieve too. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we want to like skirt past the mourning and the grieving part of it to try to, or we feel like, oh, it's not right for me to mourn and grieve. You know, but look, I, I I am mourning the loss of the relationship that I have had with my daughter for 21 years. Yes. Because that's going to be over. You know, now God's going to do something new and it's going to be wonderful. Right. right. But 
but that doesn't make the loss of what we've had. Any less real. Yes, right? (laughs) And when they go off to college, it's like that. Like, you know, you know, everything, when they, you know, when they go on their first date, like all these mile marker moments where you, you know, after this, things aren't ever the same. She's a little less close. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so, (laughs) and so there's all these moments where, and you have to kind of give yourself time to be like, okay, I'm excited. Right. But I'm also sad. You know, and those, that both of those things are okay. I tell Cole that a lot. You know, well, something will happen and I'll tell him. I'm allowed to be both things, yes. right? Like I don't fit in a box. Right. Like the old, you know, men are waffles, very compartmentalized and women are spaghetti. Yeah. Everything ties together and it's all a big mush pot of like just emotional mess, right? Like that's what I'll tell. Like I'm allowed to be both things. Yeah. And I, I feel... everybody has that, like you said, you can be happy and celebrate, Mm -hmm. but it's okay to be sad about the the loss of whatever, just the time frame or those moments that you're not going to have anymore. They're always going to be a little bit different. And sometimes us waffles, like if it does, when when we feel something that's outside of the box of what we think we're supposed to feel, mm-hmm. we're like, oh, I can't feel that. Yeah. You know. Oh no. We so are I'm just going to bury box. that. I'm just going to, you know, I'm not, <laughs> yeah. I'm not supposed to feel that. You know, it, which is super unhealthy, right? <laughs> <laughs> very, very unhealthy, and I have uh, had to learn that lesson the hard way. So right now, would you do you feel like that's kind of the thing that God is teaching you and showing you is how to how to kind of like. I don't know how to how to trust him in these moments as your kids are growing up, or is there something else you feel like God's really zeroing in on in your life right now? My message from God lately, the uh-huh. last couple of years, has been let go. Yeah, right. Like of all of our things with our marriage, like you mm-hmm. don't get to micromanage him. Yes, I've got him. Yeah, and right. you shouldn't be who he's leaning to anyway. It should be me, yeah. right? Let go. Yeah, yeah, and glorious things happen. Yeah, when that happens, like, oh man, you don't say. You listen to what God told you to do, and it worked out just wonderfully. Yeah. Like, right. oh, who would have thought? You know, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but just let go. Let go of the, and it's really just my selfish intentions, I guess. The I'm. I'm very type A, very organized, and mm-hmm. it's hard for me to let go, which is how God teaches you, I feel the most. Like right. he knows your strengths. Yeah. And he challenges them yes. to put that faith back in him. Right. right. So like he knows I want to have that list and be organized and mm-hmm. do all the things. But guess what? Like you have to let go. So let go is my phrase. Our careers. Oh yeah. my goodness. Like right. we launched this crazy idea. Who does this? Who right. decides yeah. to like go out on a limb and transform and do and grow. And you know what? It's working Mm -hmm. because we're listening to him. Yeah. yeah. And I really feel that's the only just explanation. Like we are, people ask me all the time, I don't know how you do it. I don't know. You know, you have these, these businesses and you have these kids and I don't know how you do it. And my unfailing answer is Jesus. Right. And I know that sounds cliche, you know, Jesus and coffee, get me through it, you know, but (laughs) realistically, like when you're doing what Jesus wants, what God's plan is for your life, Mm -hmm. ways are made. Yeah. You're not as tired as you feel you maybe ought to be because you have that, that fire, that spirit within him. So yeah, stretching, certainly the parenting thing like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I, you know, and, and you're, I don't know, you're Carson, maybe just lovely, but our oldest Clara, I'm like, yikes. 
we did all the wrong things with her <laughs> because we didn't know any better. You know, I always tell her, you're a guinea pig, baby. Like we, uh, you know, you just, you learn and grow. And then that's true. Yeah. when you master it with one, here comes the next one with a completely yeah. different personality. Yes. Like, okay, that didn't work. So you're relearning yeah. everything all over. So it is a constant stretch of, of growth and learning, but then always in the back of my mind, like, let go, mm-hmm. let go. Like even with my words, like my I just want to chime in with the, I'm your mom and I know it all. And <laughs> I've learned to just hit the pause and we're let still, God's words come to me. We're right? still working on the pause button in our house. So yes. <laughs> we're well, very good at the pause there button. Are, in almost always, when I don't hit pause, there's regret. Oh, gosh. right. Like when I fly off with the, I know better. Right, right, right. right. Whatever. Even if I do, like mm-hmm. that's legitimate. My tone, even if what yes. you're saying is exactly what you should have said, like when I'm not surrendered to him to handle it, yep. it's not received well. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. My tone or my way or however, the timing, whatever it is, like, man, it's almost always instant regret. Like, yep. Ooh, I should have done. So many things different yeah, there. Um, so that is my current yeah. kind of walk. That's what God is telling me the most right now is let go, let go and just trust. That's good. That's good. And that because that trust is essential. Trust is essential in any relationship. You know? mm-hmm. And so there has to be, you know, if you any healthy uh, relationship r- requires us to kind of place ourselves in the hands of someone else, you know, we have to. You know, so when we, when we have like control issues, when we want to just take everything into our own hands, what that really does is it, um, it destroys the possibility of intimacy mm-hmm. because, because intimacy only happens whenever we're, we place ourselves in the hands of someone else. Yeah. And that vulnerability is yeah, where that right. really. Yeah. So without in. that, right, we can't ever have that. And and, you know, I think I know myself, like I struggled with that in all my relationships, including my relationship with Christ. But even in my marriage, we str- I struggled with that because because I didn't want to I didn't want to make myself vulnerable. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I was supposed to, I, I had to have it all together. Right. I couldn't you know, I couldn't. You can't see my weaknesses. Right. right. I can't show yeah. you all the places where, you know, I'm broken or I'm unsure or anxious or whatever. I can't do that. And so God really had to teach me about that. You know, that's the foundation. And and your failure to be able to do that in your marriage is also indicative of how you're trying to relate to me. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. You're trying to operate out of your own strength. You think you can manage it. You think you can mm-hmm. control it all. And but but we won't have the relationship we're supposed to have either. Right. Not until you come not until you let go. Not yes. until you trust. Yeah. Yes. Wow. All right. Well, that's good. Man, Kyla, thanks for Thank thanks you. for joining the podcast today i'm excited that we we got to hear from you and uh and uh and i will say this too i know you i know you said that you know you that your oldest daughter was a guinea pig kayla <laughs> was the guinea pig but whatever you guys experimented on is working pretty well because that's a really, really great good kid. one yeah. thank you She's, she really is a good one she is a sweetheart and i just really enjoy being around her so thank you and, and we did the same thing carson you know we were like i don't know let's try this you know we'll <laughs> so see if it works we just yeah. figured it out yeah <laughs> but uh but god is gracious and good and so anyway but yeah she's she's wonderful and thank you. Uh, I appreciate you spending a little time with us. Thank you the, for 
having me. Let oh, me yeah. be here. This is fun. It fun. is. I love doing it. I would be doing this whether there were microphones here or not. I love having these kind of conversations. Well, so, yes. Yeah. And it's important. Yeah. Like, but we it's need to good, a for, bit. good for people to learn, you yes. know, about, about you know, fo- folks in our town, in our church. So for those of you who are, are listening, uh, there's a whole group of, there's a whole group of us folks here at First Shallow Water that are learning to let go and <laughs> are trying to do our best to, to figure this uh, life thing out and to, and to, and to live uh, trusting Christ and walking with Christ better every day. So if you're looking for a place uh, to be a part of something like that, we would love to have you, uh, have you try out what, uh, and just come see what God's doing here. We'd love to have you be a part of that. It's all kinds of awesome people like Kyla, just all around our <laughs> church, right? It's, it's a place you want to go. So, uh, so come and visit sometime. We, we would love to, we'd love to have you. All right. Thanks, Kyla. Thank you so uh, much. And it was great having you. And for all of you out there, uh, y'all have a great day. We'll see you. We'll see you around town. Thanks for tuning in to First Things First. We want to invite you to join us for worship this Sunday at First Shallow Water. You can find us at 703 Avenue J in Shallow Water, Texas. Our Sunday morning service starts at 1030 a.m. Click on the link in the description of this episode for more information about our church or if you'd just like to reach out to us. Check out the previous episodes of this podcast. Make sure you do that. We really have had the privilege of hearing some amazing stories. And make sure you check back each week for a new episode. Until then, we'll see you around town.